big body in there. Another steal. Here they come running. Ball to three. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Shy Slamma Jamma Bulls podcast. I am Jacob Stutz alongside my good friend Jacob Dillon. And Jacob, how are you doing this wonderful afternoon? Doing great. great. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's coming off a good Bulls win. We're going to go into that, and we're going to go into the other couple games that they played since the last time we recorded. And I'm excited to talk about this Bulls team. There's a lot to talk about. A lot, a lot to talk about. So, um... If you're ready, why don't we just dive right into it? Uh, the first games that we haven't covered yet are those 76er games. And those two 76ers games were a little rough. Um, I said on the last podcast, I think they come away with at least one of them. I said if they lose the first one, they probably win the second one at home. Uh, the second one was definitely more winnable in the end. But I want to hear your thoughts on those first two games first. Um, I think those were just, they were kind of tough. Yeah, they were definitely tough games. Uh, Philadelphia is not a slouch, so anybody who was counting them out for sure, uh, in case you didn't know, now you know. Uh, and honestly, without Simmons, they have more spacing, and they had two different role players that were not Embiid step up and beat us in both games because you knew what you what was happening with Embiid. Uh, you got lucky the first night, but... Furkan Korkmaz and George Niang, they they both had their they had their games and they killed us from downtown. Yeah, Korkmaz really was annoying to watch. Um that he was, was just yeah, was completely hard. cooking the Bulls. And it seems like it's always guys like that. They got lucky with Joe Harris last night. I thought it might be the same thing. But a shorthanded seventy sixers team, it really kinda sucked for the Bulls to not come away with one at least one win. Um, and now Especially Joel Embiid is out due to health and safety protocol for the 76ers, and the Knicks barely scrapped by them last night. So, I mean, the 76ers team, they are definitely, they have that next man up mentality. You can't go easy on them. You can't, you know, you can't take them lightly. They're not a team to take lightly. The 76ers, they still brought the defense. Seth Curry has been playing really, really well. Out and of his mind. Joel Embiid. Probably the best year. He had that good first game. I mean, he had that bad first game, but that second game, he showed why yeah. he's one of the best players in the NBA. And if he didn't get hurt last year, they pointed out in the postgame show, uh, Will Purdue said he probably wins the MVP if he doesn't get hurt last year. And that's probably true. I mean, Joel Embiid makes a huge impact. When you have a seven-footer who can shoot, they're a rare breed. There's not many guys like him or Jokic out there in the league, and he's special. Um, so shout-out to the 76ers, though. As much as it sucked the Bulls lost those two games, 76ers are kind of saying to Ben Simmons, hey, we don't really need you deep down. We we can get some pieces back for you. I think having Simmons obviously would be a huge help to this team. And with Simmons, if Simmons is aggressive and plays to his potential, they are a championship team. But I think the 76ers are really showing Ben Simmons, hey, we don't need you. And the way they're handling this whole situation with Simmons, now this man's getting fined 360000 for every game he misses. That man is... He's losing a lot of money, and money talks. So it'll be interesting to see how their situation goes forward. But I want to go more into the Bulls. Their bench really didn't play that well in those 76ers games. And it was often, I think, when the offense struggled, it was because they went to too much ISO scoring. I think that's the main thing the Bulls' offense have struggled with at times this year. What did you see out of those first two games against the 76ers? It's it, so... You know, we have t- times and games where we, the ball's moving and it's almost too unselfish at times. You see, DeMar has really taken the, like an, a co-alpha type of mentality where it's him and Zach, when it's time for them to go get buckets, they just go get theirs. But it's basically everybody else on the team uh, that's not those two that it's almost too unselfish because... There's been times where we get shot clock violations or a good shot gets passed up into what you would like to think was a better shot, but they're not always better shots. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of standing around when we don't score. It's because of a lot of standing around and just hope Demar and Zach are going to save the day. Or obviously the Vucevic struggle is really hurting. Oh, but yeah. even with even with him struggling, if he's got the ball in the post, the second he takes more than two dribbles. 
he's he usually turns it over or misses the shot. He's a really he's a type of guy who gets the ball quickly in the post. One dribble goes to his move and scores. Uh, this year he's definitely slowing it down, but because of his struggle, you got to help him out by freeing space. So when he gets the ball, I I'd like to see two two cutters, one go right through and then one from the weak side. But yeah, we saw that, a little bit of that last season. Um, yes, especially Bulls, from Patrick Williams. The Bulls had a lot of post play last season, and maybe a little bit too much post play. Um, it made the ball a little bit stagnant last year, but last year we saw a lot more of Vucevic in the post. Um, and I want to get into that. That first game, he had four points. He yeah, only that's... took seven shots. He had four points, ten rebounds. Usually he's an automatic double-double because he usually at least scores ten points, even with his struggles. And Zach Levine, I'm not going to get too into it because Zach, you know, he's dealing with that thumb issue. And I think it does, it has hindered his shooting quite a bit. But Zach, he was 2-for-7 from the three-point line that game, 11-for-24. He had 27, but he really struggled in that first half. And it can't be all DeMar. DeMar dropped 37. He did everything he could. He got to the free throw line a lot like he always does. And then the bench. Our highest scorer off the bench was Caruso with six, and he played 31 minutes. That's just, they can't do it. That that just can't, that's not going to. 13. The Philly, they scored 30. The Philly bench scored 30 points. They had 18 the from Niang off the bench. Yeah, and then, crazy. you know, Drummond came in, and he kind of had a bit of an impact. But overall, I mean, Niang is kind of what helped the 76ers really seal that win because they had that bench scoring. And the Bulls, you know, I like that second group sometimes. Sometimes they make good runs. Sometimes they struggle, though. I think especially in the first half, the Bulls have to get off to better first quarters. Those games against the 76ers weren't good first quarters and then if we look at the second game at home so you got like i said you got through that first game okay you lost on the road but you had a chance to come back after you had two days of rest where the 76ers they play the next night against detroit even though it's detroit they still had to play another game before they played you again the bulls had two nights of rest they come home and they get off to another bad start in the first quarter and then what do you see it's just playing kind of from behind the whole game. They came back again in the fourth quarter. I love that this team loves to fight all the way through those first four quarters. All the way through all those four four quarters, they fight. They never, ever, you know, quit. They're always in the game. But you can't be always be playing from behind. And it kind of hurt them that game, too. The second game, they lost by nine. And it was a Joel Embiid show. They couldn't stop Joel Embiid. Uh... Overall, I think that's what happened in that second game. Um, I wouldn't mind hearing your thoughts on that one, but it was the Joel Embiid show at the United Center, and even though he punched Lonzo in the face accidentally, it was quite the game, and I thought the Bulls were going to come away with it, but they didn't. Um, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that one as well. So that to me, that was, uh, first off, it's Joel Embiid. Uh, like you said, he's a top three center, and when healthy, he's probably the best center in the league either him or Jokic, uh, and if he's healthy for a whole year, he's a top five MVP candidate. Not many teams can actually stop Joel Embiid. The problem is you can't get beat by by Forkan Korkmaz and George Niang in back-to-back games. You've yeah, got to no, make the adjustment. No way, yep. That was the first series-type feel. And, I mean, I know it's where we've only played nine games. Uh, we're barely – we're not even a month into the season, but – that I mean, the big question is: Can this team not only make the playoffs, but you know, be success- successful in the playoffs? That was the first series type feel. I, it wasn't. It wasn't cool to watch that we had the same problem. When you twice. lose back to back games against the same team, it's tough. Um, especially since that's a test for the Bulls. I mean, especially the Seventy Sixers in that second game. Levine had a much better game, but they didn't have. Uh, they didn't have, Tybel. yeah, they didn't have Matisse Tybul. Um so that's, that's why Zach Levine had a, he got clamped lost. up in that first game about Tybul, and the second game they didn't have Tybul. So the thing is, you thought that's why the Bulls were also favored again is because Zach had a much better game. The bench actually had a much better game. Derek Jones Jr. provided some scoring off the bench, and we'll go into him a little bit later. But overall, couldn't stop Joel Embiid. Thirty points, fifteen rebounds. Um, the Bulls actually did get quite a bit of second chance points. They were fighting and scrapping in that game, so I did like that. The rebounding has been a lot much better. 
But overall, it was just the Joel Embiid show, and it seemed like also in that game, the 76ers just could not miss. I mean, Korkmaz was making some insane shots. Korkmaz was 7 for 9 from 3, and the Bulls, they weren't very good at all from 3. They were 7 for 29, on the other hand. So that was actually the game, and in in a way, that was the game right there. Bulls shoot 24%. 76ers double that and they shoot shoot 50%. But that's a big problem is that, yeah, we made these great signings with Caruso and Lonzo and DeMar, but outside of, like, we just don't have a lot of three-point shooting. Lonzo should be a good shooter, but I could see that's what you not mean. the type of guy he is. I could see what Caruso, you mean. Caruso, same thing. Um, They're not guys that want to shoot first. I could see what you mean, but I think so far the Bulls are like top 10 to three-point percentage. It's just they're not taking a lot of them. Um, I think that might go up over time. Not that it needs to, but it probably should. But remember, Vucevic is also shooting pretty bad from three. Usually he's up in the 30, at least high 30 percentages. He's like in the low 20s right now for three-point percentage. Um, DeRozan's actually making threes. So I'm not sure if I agree with that. I think their three-point shooting is actually a lot better than it has been. Um, even though they're up there in percentages, they haven't really been taking a lot of them. And it's not like they're getting awful looks. Um, losing Patrick Williams definitely hurts that. But when Kobe White comes back, that'll definitely improve their three-point shooting and their scoring off the bench. Um, Caruso can shoot, like we said. Levine's a sniper out there. It's just I don't I don't want to see DeRozan have to take as many threes as he has been so far, as good as he's been. If Vucevic starts knocking more down, DeRozan doesn't have to do that. And of course, Derek Jones Jr. can knock some down every once in a while. So I'm not sure. I just think this game in general, it was just a really a struggle, especially from the three-point line, especially when I think it just becomes frustrating because the Bulls got good looks for the most part, and they're missing them. And then the 76ers are making everything, even if it's contested. Like Korkma is going for seven for nine. That's just ridiculous. Um, and I don't think the Bulls were necessarily playing bad defense because it's their defense that kind of got them back into the game in that fourth quarter. So overall, I think that was just a tough game for the Bulls. Um, it was definitely a much better played game in that second game. And I think that carried over to the Brooklyn Nets game. Um, despite the bad start the Bulls got off to in that second game, they definitely turned that around. I think that was a point of emphasis in the Brooklyn game because the Brooklyn game, they got off to a much, much better start. Um, they were leading after the first quarter for once. They were bringing their defense. They had absurdly advantage in points in the paint in that first quarter. I think the Bulls scored like the first 18 points in the paint compared to the Brooklyn having zero. And it was a lot of just for Brooklyn, the Kevin Durant and LaMarcus Aldridge show. They had a good job of uh, shutting down James Harden all game long. He didn't get much going. And I think that's why the Bulls... Won that game last night. And Ayo Desunmu, we'll go into him in a second. Um, he made a big impact, especially in that fourth quarter. And it's the fourth quarter Chicago Bulls. We love, we've been talking about how they've been getting off to slow starts. But man, do they finish strong. And when you get off to both, when you start strong and you have a close game going into the fourth quarter, you can finish strong with those strong fourth quarters, and they ended up just dominating the Nets. Instead of a close finish, which I think a lot of people were expecting and a little worried about because the other team's got a seven-foot Kevin Durant, the the Nets waved the white flag in the last two minutes, and Kevin Durant and James Harden weren't even to be seen after the Bulls dominated the first ten minutes of the fourth quarter. Um, overall, an impressive win for the Bulls, especially coming off two straight losses to the 76ers, a shorthanded 76ers team. Yeah, I mean, I think this was definitely our second uh, signature win, uh, because Utah Utah was a was a really big win. Um, it would have been nice to get one from Philadelphia, uh, but this win against Brooklyn is huge. Uh, regardless, I know they don't have Kyrie Irving and Nicholas Claxton's out, but that is Kevin Durant and James Harden, two former MVPs and two of the top guys in the league on the other side. And this Brooklyn team is much deeper than people are going to give them credit for because of how how much star power they have. They're much deeper than they were last year. Uh, they've got seasoned vets coming off the bench. Uh, they're kind of a com- more of a complete team than they were last year. But the way we poured it on in the fourth quarter uh, and just didn't let up. I mean, to get outscored by 25 points for Brooklyn, that's... That's impressive. That's really impressive. Very impressive. Not to mention the Nets were coming off a five-game winning streak coming into this. So it's not like they've been struggling. 
And it looked, it didn't look pretty either because the Bulls, I mean, we had a good first, we got off to a really good start. Levine had 12 in the first and was hitting fadeaways and he was hot to start. The second quarter, uh, it was like the third straight game where the second quarter, we just, it's like we had, it's it's the standing around hoping DeMar is going to save yeah, us thing. a lot more and of that. That'll change when Kobe comes back and I know we'll talk about him later, uh, but that'll definitely change, I, I'm, I feel. Uh, but the fight, the way we fought back and the good start we had was able to weather the storm uh, uh, from that second quarter. And once we hit the fourth, we obviously just took off. Yeah, our biggest lead was 23, and I was in the fourth. The Nets had a lead of eight at one point in the game, and I was in the third quarter. The Bulls came crawling back. I mean, eight points isn't a huge deficit or whatever, um, but the Bulls came crawling back right away. They never really let the Nets get a hold of this game, which I think was key. Because once you let Kevin Durant where James Harden really started to take control of the game, it's over with. And there was a lot of questionable refereeing in this game, I think. I'm usually not one to complain about the refs. There was a lot of moving screens Brooklyn got away with. There was quite a few fouls. Even though the Bulls were in the bonus the last, like, nine minutes of the fourth quarter, there could have been quite a few more fouls. Caruso got slapped um, on that block. There was quite a few fouls that could have been called, and it definitely wasn't the story of the night when it comes to refereeing compared to that Bears-Steelers game I also witnessed last night. Um, We're not a Bears podcast, but, oh, brother. Um, But I'm glad the Bulls turned it around because if the Bulls would have lost last night as well, it definitely would have been a hampered night. I'm still happy about the Bears because Justin Fields played well, but, you know, it really would have hampered the night even more had the Bulls lost, followed by that frustrating loss for the Bears. So I'm, I'm happy the Bears... Uh, happy the Bulls came away with this one. And overall, Io Desunmu, man, he was the highest plus minus on the team. Actually, everybody on the team had a positive plus minus. The lowest plus minus was Troy Brown Jr., who played two minutes at the end of the fourth quarter, and he had a plus two. Other than that, the lowest was surprisingly Derek Jones Jr. with a plus eight. And the highest was Io Desunmu with a plus 22. Io, six for 10. 15 points, a new career high, 7 rebounds from a point guard, and he only played 19 minutes. He had 7 rebounds in 19 minutes. The kid is out there hustling. He's out there just, he he is not afraid of the moment. Remember he took that 1-3 of the heat check? The place would have won, gone ballistic if that went down. Absolutely. But this kid is not afraid of the moment. You know, there's times, of course, he's a rookie. you got to slow it down a bit. There's times you got to slow it down a bit. But he, he comes out there and brings... Brings the energy, and his teammates love him all over social media. Um, he made an Instagram post today, and every single one of his teammates was commenting, telling him how he's a young killer and all this. I love the support. Can't I still can't believe we got this kid in the second round. I absolutely love him so far. And I originally, um, there was talk about you know him maybe is he going to lose his minutes when Kobe White comes around, and I don't think he should. I think he I deserves his minutes totally even if his minutes goes down just a slight i don't know if he if he makes an impact like this you can't take him out of the game and i think he's just been absolutely stellar way past our expectations i remember going into the season i wasn't even sure if he was gonna get quality minutes um he definitely deserves the minutes troy brown jr was supposed to be getting and i'm happy for io he's doing it in front of his home crowd and he's making a big impact and i love it yeah the i mean the thing that pops out to me is yes he had 15 points uh and not to knock on his 15 points but you know it's the nba everybody there is basically capable of having a 15 point game it's the seven rebounds as a 6-5 like 100 like 195 pounder he and it's not like there were rebounds that he was just that just came right to him he went up and grabbed a couple in traffic uh specifically i saw one in the fourth where he climbed over I don't even know who it was. He climbed over. I think Vooch, it, Vooch, I forget who center. it was. I mean, Vooch he was bullied him. Out, but he Vooch bullied was, it. Yeah. I forget. I know what player talking about. He basically grabbed and bullied, but I know mm-hmm. exactly what player you're talking about. And like you said, he's not. He's not afraid. And when Kobe comes back, I think we should just run an eleven man rotation. I think Io should get those minutes that Demar has been getting in the late first quarter. Uh, obviously, if it's not working out and well we're basically running a nine man right now yeah yeah so i think it could be a 10 man because troy Troy brown's not playing 
So yeah, I I just counted Patrick yeah. Williams like on instinct. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> but I mean you can't put Caruso, Io, Kobe, uh, Derek Jones, and Tony Bradley like the whole second quarter. But you can run the lineup at times. We'll be an athletic lineup. Uh, Io and Caruso, obviously Derek Jones is eye popping athleticism, and. Uh, Kobe has sneaky, sneaky athleticism. Kobe's got some sneaky hops. Kobe has some. All five hops. of those He's players speedy. just bring, yeah. All five of those players bring energy. One thing's for need. sure, which I will like, is the bench isn't going to be different from the starting lineup. The bench is going to run just like the starting lineup, especially when Kobe comes back out there. But one thing I do want to discuss is we know Kobe's coming back, and we'll get into that. But you just mentioned Derek Jones Jr. and He's playing well off the bench, but do you consider throwing him into the starting lineup? I like Javante, but do you think Derrick Jones Jr. has earned a starting spot? Now, Javante actually had a really good game last night. He got 11 points. Uh, He was one for three from deep, five rebounds, or five defensive rebounds. He had two offensive rebounds. He had seven rebounds. He was a plus 13. Javante had 11 more minutes than Derrick Jones Jr. last night, but overall, even though the Nets had some big lineups out there sometimes, I feel like he did a great job of guarding KD at times. But when it comes to some other teams, we're going to have some more height uh, going up against you. The Warriors are one team where you won't really have to deal with that. But some other teams, like coming up, we have the Mavs. And uh, I know Kristaps Porzingis gets a lot of Laurie Markkinen flack where he doesn't post up a lot, but he is a dangerous player. He's still a dangerous player. You can't put Javante Green on Kristaps Porzingis. Um, so do you consider, maybe not next game, maybe not right away, but in some point in the future, do you go to Derrick Jones Jr. and bring Javante back to the bench? Or do you just keep where it is right now? I would keep it where it is right now. Uh, Derrick Jones definitely has earned the starting spot, but Javante hasn't lost it. Is, okay. uh you can't. You don't want to take. You don't want to plug somebody in just because they're a great play off the bench, and then take out a starter when the starter really he's in there to just bring the energy, and he's doing that and more. Eleven points. I don't even expect five from Javante Green. I expect him to hit one three and get a, like a putback dunk or like a putback layup one time. That's it. That's really all I expect from him. And then go in there and try to just fight for five or six rebounds. He had 11-7 and seven last night. Yeah, it's Brooklyn. They don't really have an inside presence. But that's the type of thing he's been doing all season. Derek Jones off the bench. I think him with Io and Caruso, Caruso, and Caruso and Bradley, those four guys coming off the bench have been great defensively. Caruso, I think, leads the league, or is fourth in the league in steals and leads it off the bench. Io's he's not no slouch of a defender. And Tony Bradley... Whether he's got the stats for it or not, he is always fighting inside. Always. So yeah, I love how I Tony really Bradley like, been been yeah. rebounding. I um, do think that Derek Jones Jr. has earned the closing spot, and you think we've seen yeah, that. Yeah, I think in most it's also. Games. I think it's also going to depend on the lineups and depend on who you're facing. Because I'm pretty sure. I mean, when the Bulls made that big run, it was with that unit with DeRozan, Io, Derek Jones Jr. I believe Tony Bradley was out there. And I believe it was, I forget who the last player was. Um, I think it was Caruso. So It was either Caruso or, or Ball, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that, I don't think I repeated anybody. If I did, I apologize. But that, that lineup has seen some success. And I think Billy's going to be mixing up the lineups. With Patrick Williams out, it's going to be mixed up. I think Javante will still be the starter for a while. And unless something drastic changes... Um, hopefully there's no injuries or anything or anything like that, but I think I do agree with you for now. I think stick with Javante at the moment. And if Derek Jones, I mean, you could always start Javante. doesn't mean he has to get more minutes than Derek Jones. If Derek Jones comes in and he's playing well, um, keep Derek, like we've seen games where Derek Jones closes. Um, so I, I kind of agree at this point right now, uh, start Javante, and I think Derrick Jones is only going to get even better off the bench when the inevitable return of Kobe White comes because the team's going to be running even more. Billy Donovan, he wants to go to fastest pace ever. I mean, this guy always wants to run, 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 run. I don't think there's a 
any way the Bulls can ever meet the pace that he wants to go. Because I think Billy Donovan, if he could, he wouldn't want to run every single possession. And I love well, that. He, I actually, yeah. I love it. Um, and Kobe White's only going to help that. So, going into that, how is Kobe White coming back? He has now been assigned to the Windy City Bulls, so his return is very, very soon. Sooner than I expected, to be honest. How is his return going to impact this offense and defensively as well? And you can go into, you know, how also is this lineup going to fare? I mean, he hasn't played with a lot of these guys yet, so. Yeah, I don't think uh, he's really only been around and practiced and watched and he's been watching the games, but he has not practiced with anybody outside of, I mean, he practiced with Vooch last year. Uh, probably Javante Green last year, but Green got no minutes. He practiced with Levine and practiced with Patrick Williams. And, and Troy it. Brown, but Troy Brown's not getting any minutes. So Right, Brown's not even in the rotation. So he's practiced with, I mean, most of these guys going out there, it's completely new. So there's going to be a learning curve, but something that I think is definitely going to help is Kobe does not have to be a point guard. He is not a point guard. At North Carolina, he ran point guard, but... We we both know when Kobe White was in North Carolina, he did everything Billy Donovan was hoping was wants to happen now. After made shots, he would sprint down the floor faster than you could even turn your back. And after missed shots, Kobe was pushing and pushing and pushing. He's not really a point a tr- point guard. Uh, he's definitely a combo, or I would like to call him a two. Um, and I think having yeah, I mean, Lonzo and Car- Caruso are going to be really beneficial for him because. Uh, they they're not shoot first players. They're not in there to try to man the bench by scoring, as some backup point guards do. That's going to be Kobe's role, and then that'll open up playmaking for him, and other opportunity catch and shoot opportunities should be plentiful for Kobe White. I'm excited to see how this um is going to evolve Kobe as a player. Um, we've seen, of course, the last few years they've been trying to run him as a point guard, and like you said, he's not a point guard. However. That doesn't mean that there aren't parts of his game that he needs to improve. Um, just because he's going to a two-guard position, that doesn't mean that there wasn't improvements that need to be made even at the two-guard position. His handles have to be a lot more cleaner. I don't think Absolutely. he'll be handling the ball as much this season, but there are probably going to be times where he might need to play make a little. He's not going to always just be the scorer. As I think majority of the time he's out there, he will be looking to score. But at the same time, when you're on the break, he's still going to have to make passes. He's still going to have to be smart with the ball. He's still going to have to be careful with the ball. Even as a scorer, you're going to have the ball in your hands. You have to be able to take care of the basketball. You can't have tunnel vision. We've seen that problem with Zach. Um, I don't think I think we're going to see a lot of Kobe catch and shooting. But there's also going to be time because Kobe can put the Kobe can put the ball on the ground and he can attack. He doesn't need to have to be off ball. So there's going to be times where he's going to have to have the ball in his hands and create his own shot, especially when this bench isn't scoring. Because like, even when the bench isn't scoring, it's a lot of standing around. If it is standing around, can Kobe create his own shot? Can he get the guys around him going? We have Caruso, of course. He knows how to play make. But we also we need Kobe to be able to create his own shot. And although I don't think he won't be dependent on the play make off the bench, I think there will still need to be a little bit of that. I'm excited to see oh, what he can do sure. as a scorer, sure. but he's going to be this is a huge opportunity for Kobe as well. I mean, we're not that far into the season. If he plays really well, he could be a candidate for sixth man of the year. And I still th- I still think he could win it. It's and I mean, this is a huge opportunity for him. This is better than him being a starter because he'll get more opportunity, he'll get more shots. Um, I know it sucks. You, you got drafted. You had a few years to show you can be the point guard of the future. You didn't do it. Then they signed another young point guard in Lonzo Ball for a big whopping $20 million a year. And you're like, well, so go over there goes my starting position. He could have, he could eventually do a Larry market and be like, I want out of here. But I think he's in a much better su- position to succeed than Lowry was. I think he'll be accepting of his bench role considering he can run that unit um, I know he's got Caruso, but Caruso's not scoring. I, I love what Caruso's doing out there, but another game yesterday, five points in 23 minutes. I don't think Caruso's going to really show up on the stat sheet like he did early on in the season. 
Um, he had four rebounds and two assists. Overall, though, I think Caruso is going to be kind of the glue guy, and Kobe's going to be the scorer when he comes back. So I'm excited to see it, and this bench really needs it. Um, they were better last night, but this bench really needs it, and the starting unit needs Nikola Vucevic. Um, they do. Um, the starters could also use Kobe White. The per- the real starter who needs Kobe White is DeMar Yeah, DeRozan. I mean, he'll get some minutes with He them. can't play 30, 30, 34, 35, 38 minutes a night. That's, I mean, he can't do that. That's too much. Uh, so when Kobe comes back, that'll definitely help him. Uh, Kobe White being in there, yeah, we're going to, we're going to see some ups and downs with it. I think the spacing is going to be much better for Caruso and Io and Derek to get threes off, off the bench. Um, but yeah, like you, back to Vucevic, uh, his struggle is probably amongst one of the, some of the worst in the league. Uh, as a start, but you know we're ten yeah, games in. Other than in. Michael Porter Jr., I think Vucevic has Fox. had the worst start out of like All Star caliber players. A lot yeah. of people expected I'll... Michael Porter Jr. to make a jump. I have him in fantasy, and now he's going to be out for a while. I'm ready to trade him away in fantasy. But Vucevic has been up there is just as bad as as Porter Jr. At least he's healthy, and at least Vucevic is out there setting screens still. He's still putting effort and in on defense, and he's rebounding. Mm-hmm. So at least you have that. Ten or thirteen rebounds last night. Three of them are. And he's an underrated rebounds. passer. Yeah. He's an underrated passer. He he's he's six eleven still. So he can see over a lot of guys. The NBA is not full of seven footers like it used to be. Uh he can see over see over guys and he's been able to make some pretty good passes to cutters. And I think that's the first step is the everybody else around him, as great as DeMar and Levine have been playing, Lonzo should get about three two to three baskets a game just cutting off the ball it's it's simple like basics like the foundation of basketball don't stand around exactly after you make a pass cut to the basket you got to do that for Vooch we saw a lot of it in yes, preseason yeah. i mean mm-hmm. in preseason it, we saw a lot of movement yeah. and we haven't seen as much of it in the in the in this regular season but usually when the bulls are successful it's when they're moving around and when they get on that fast break it starts with their defense it's also Vucevic. It's men- mentally. Um, this is true. Yes. That, there was a play you last hope, night. You hope he hasn't. Yeah. There was a play last night. Lonzo handed it off to Vucevic. Vucevic had a wide open three. The Bulls still scored on that possession. I think this was in the fourth quarter, or it might have been the third quarter. It was in the second half, I believe. But he had a wide open three at the top of the key, and he didn't even look at the rim. I mean, there's another that, play where. The That's game's basically in yeah. There's there's another play where the game's basically in the bag. I think this is when Brooklyn had already waved the white flag. Levine gave to Vucevic on a mid range on a pick and pop mid range that he takes ninety nine point eight percent of the time, and instead of taking the shot, he barely pump faked and then turned into a uh tried to back somebody down in the post and just gave it right back out to Zach like he wanted no part of it. It's it's little things you know. We can get nitpicky. He's still putting up double digit rebounds. Getting yeah, so he's doing north the other of four thing. assists. Yeah, which you're, I'm glad to see. But I hope that he can get back to even if he's not scoring north of twenty, because we have Demar and Levine doing that. I need him to get to to between the seventeen and nineteen points per game. Yeah, the thing is, while still putting up the rebounds, it's got to start eventually because DeRozan is not going to be able to drop thirty every night, and especially with, no. with Zach with the thumb injury. Having Vucevic um, play well is going to take a lot of load off of those starters. And the crazy thing is, despite the fact there's no Kobe White for the bench, despite the fact the Bulls are missing Patrick Williams, who wasn't scoring, but he was bringing defensively big, because last night Patrick Williams would have been the guy to guard Kevin Durant, who dropped 38 on our head. I'm not saying that Katie still wouldn't have dropped 38 because it's Kevin Durant, but I think he would have done a little bit of a better job, especially since he's taller. So despite the fact we're missing Patrick Williams and we're missing the offense of Nikola Vucevic and we're missing Kobe White, the Bulls team, this Bulls team is 7-3. and three. We've played the Nets. We've played the Jazz. with the 76ers twice. We've played some tough opponents. And we're 7-3. And, three. and the Knicks. We've played the Knicks. And we played the Knicks. And we almost beat them. So it's going to be, this offense is going to only get better. I mean, Vucevic can't be broken forever. 
If he is, then that trade sucks. <laughs> That's a t- I'm already yeah. a little yeah. upset about the Troy Brown Jr. trade. At first, I loved it. Now I hate it because Gafford is playing well, and, and we, really we need, need somebody right like that. We need that size drastically. If we still had, if we still, if we still had Daniel Tice, you know that would be nice. But we don't. That was kind of a right. rental one year thing with him. If they still had a guy like that, it would be crazy. But I'm liking what I'm seeing from Tony Bradley. However, though, Vucevic, it's all in his head. Eventually, he's going to turn it around. Um, he played a lot better in those last few minutes of the fourth quarter. He hit the shots when he needed to, which he's done quite a yes. few times this year. But I want to see Especially him... against the Knicks and uh, even against, I think it was Philadelphia, where he's not really having his game, but he hits big, big shots. And that's the type of, yeah, that's the type of mental toughness you got to see out of him because eventually it'll pay off these next couple games are going to be big for Vucevic I feel like a breakout game is coming you have the Mavs on Wednesday I'll be there in attendance I'm excited to see Luca in person that should be fun but you have a big game there Porzingis he can defend when he wants to I mean this guy he can definitely defend when he wants to Porzingis um but I think Vucevic can have a good game but it's the Warriors where I think the Bulls are really going to need Vucevic Okay, you have the Warriors are playing out of their mind really well right now, but they don't have. Stacy was mentioning this on the broadcast yesterday. Their size, they're kind of matched up well size wise against the Warriors. The Warriors have a pretty small lineup, so yeah. this is a game they're that not... Vucevic should absolutely feast. That's a game Vucevic is going to have to show up, and if he does, I think the Bulls can actually beat the Warriors on Friday. If not, who who's it the Warriors starting center? I believe it is Wiseman now. Um, I can check. He's not back yet. Wiseman's not back yet. Uh, if it's Draymond, that's a game where I think you could throw Derrick Jones Jr. as the center, put leave Javante at the four. Right now, it's and uh, right now it's Kevin Looney. Okay, yeah, Kevin. Looney. He's only six foot nine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm telling you, they have a small. But he lineup. plays tough. He definitely plays tough. Oh yeah. But There's a reason they're nine and one. <laughs> yeah, go I mean, to I mean, it, Steve Kerr is no joke. He does oh not... no, especially this is going to be a road game for the Bulls, and it's the start of that really tough West Coast trip. They got the Warriors on Friday, then they got the Clippers on Sunday, and I think the Lakers follow that. Then the Blazers okay. and the Nuggets. Yeah. The Nuggets are missing Murray and Porter Jr. Now we'll see if Jokic gets suspended for that. I don't know what he was thinking last night, pushing Markeith Morris. Even though I know I the Morris it. brothers are dirty players, but that was that was a dumb, dumb. You know, especially considering the fact you already have your two best players missing. The Nuggets can't afford to lose Jokic. However, it's going to be the start of the biggest test. We keep saying it: test, 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 test. The Bulls keep getting tested, and I think for the most part they've answered the test. Um, but Friday's going to be a big game, and I think it's going to be a big game for Vucevic. I'm predicting it right now. If he doesn't break out on Wednesday, I think he does break out against the Warriors. And if he does do that, I think the Bulls can win. Uh, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, it should be a good game, considering the Warriors are the best team in the league right now, and they're playing really, really well. Steph Curry is probably the by far the favorite to win MVP. I know we're only 10 games in, but he's been playing amazing. Dropped 50 last night. Um... So it's going to be exciting. Uh, first, you got to deal with the Mavs, though. So I want to see, I want to hear your predictions for this upcoming schedule. I don't know. Let's see how far we should go up for our predictions. I don't want to go too far. Go to, go, do the road trip. Go. We'll, we'll go trip. through the road trip, even though it's a pretty long road trip. The Bulls have, an, I think they're not even going to be home for like two weeks, um, because I'm going to the game on Wednesday versus the Mavericks, and then I'm going to the next home game. With you, and that's the 21st, and that's the Knicks. That's an 11-day difference between home games. So the Bulls won't be home for 11 days. I'll be going to the next two Bulls home games, and they're like almost two weeks apart. So we play the Mavericks at home. I think that's going to actually have to be a must-win. The Mavericks are playing well. They're 7-3. and luka has been playing well. They've been playing well. All three of their losses have been against good teams. Luka's been playing well. I mean, he's still been playing well, but he hasn't been putting up the Luka Magic numbers. Exactly, and that's what I'm a little scared about. <laughs> yeah, there's, he's still eligible for that, you know, that 40, big 15 game. rebounds, 10 assists. Although, with like a he did go off against the Celtics, three. and he, I don't he know did. what it is. He just does not like the Celtics. Um, then we have the Warriors. 
Um, that's going to be another a late game, 9 p.m. for us. That's the West Coast, then Clippers, then the Lakers, then the Blazers, and the Nuggets. Um, you can go first. I have my ideas already on the schedule, but I'll let you go first. What are you thinking um, for this trip? This is a six-game trip. What are you thinking record-wise, and what are you thinking overall? What the Bulls are going to have to do to come out successful. Especially, hopefully we can get Kobe back in one of these games. Fingers crossed. Uh, I think Kobe comes back. Honestly, I'm not. I feel like we might save Kobe until we get back home. I don't. I don't want that to happen. But because he's playing with the Windy City Bulls, we might save him till we get back home. First game will be against New York. I feel like that is probably the latest he should come back. Uh, my prediction: I think we get a W tomorrow at home. Because, like you said to me, that's a must-win game. Uh, you did lose two games to Philadelphia last week, which, at, although it's Philadelphia and they were the number one seed last year, you don't want to lose two games back-to-back. Uh, big win against Brooklyn. Hopefully, this gets us rolling. I'm, I think we're, I think we might lose in, in Golden State. That's a very tough building to play in, and they're just, they're on a different level right now than the entire league. Our next game is against the Clippers. I really, I think we're going to beat the Clippers and the Lakers. I don't yeah, think the Lakers team are is a mess right now. Yeah, the the Lakers are a mess, but I mean they still have like four hall, three or four Hall of Famers on the team that they could have their game and have their night. But I think the Bulls fight too hard to let all three guys Westbrook. I think LeBron's out, so it'll be Westbrook, Melo, Anthony Davis. I don't you have think to consider the Bulls allow that to happen. Yeah. So I oh the Lakers and Clippers is back to back. You said yeah. It's I mean they're at both that staple yeah. center. I mean the thing is though the Bulls won't have to travel, so it That's doesn't really true. feel like a back to back. But they do have to play back to back nights. So I think we're gonna get the I think we're getting the W's on both nights. That would be quite that would be quite the back to back. That would be huge. Um. You know, I mean, obviously the Clippers don't have Kawhi and the Lakers don't have LeBron. Uh, I just, I want to play a healthy team. Uh, Dallas, the I Warriors, think, I, I mean, well, they don't have Clay, but I think the yeah, Warriors Dallas, are going to be the biggest Dallas test. is the first one. Uh, but Dallas is the first fully healthy team. I think they're fully healthy. Uh, the Knicks were healthy when we played them, so. That's true. I, but I'd like, and another guy to watch in that Mavericks game is Dwight Powell, who we haven't really been linked to too much, but... Him and Porzingis do not work in the front court together. Yeah. Uh, and everybody said that. So, you know, if we ever make a trade, that could be a guy 6'10". Not as athletic as he was before the Achilles injury, but uh, he can he can hit the three and he, he defends. He's active. Uh, but regardless of that, after the Lakers and Clippers, whoever we play after that, the Blazers, uh, I like Lonzo. I like Caruso. Uh, but Lillard and the Blazers... Even though they're struggling, they can have one of those really hot three-point shooting nights. And I think, especially because of a back-to-back and then having to play right right after that against the Blazers, I think we might drop it to the Blazers. But I think we go into Denver, and I think we can get a win. Really? Without Michael Porter Jr., uh, even him, just him being out there, I think we can get a win. Uh, Jokic, I don't see, and we're not going to stop him at all. He might have a 50-point triple-double. Uh, that's but the one their thing I'm next score, <laughs> the next. But who's scoring? Who else scores for them? That's because Aaron Gordon is not a score. Aaron Gordon is basically six foot nine Javante Green for them. Uh, but he does it everything just a little bit better, and he's a better three point shooter. So we have Green and Jones, and I think that'll sort of offset Aaron Gordon's impact. Uh, but Monte Morris is not. Lonzo and Caruso uh and if we have Kobe back by then I even though it's Denver and it's you know the thinner air and all that I think we might start slow but I think we'll fight to come back to for the win yeah Denver's been an interesting team they've played a lot of close games they've played a lot of games that they should have won and they lost um it's it's and a toss-up just- with Denver and this Schedule is kind of a toss-up. Here are my predictions. I think we win tomorrow night. I think we win against the Mavericks. Um, you need to win this game. I think the Bulls know they're going to a tough stretch. I think they know they, they really got to get this win. I think they're going to get the win. Luka's going to drop like 35, I think. I think Luka's going to go off. 
But I don't think anybody else is really going to be able to score for the Mavericks. I think the Bulls' defense has been really good. And eventually, I think the Bulls start to double-team Luka, and I think it's game over from there. I think the Bulls actually play a really well-played game tomorrow. We'll see, though. You never know. Warriors, unfortunately, I think we lose. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little bit of a bold prediction here. Here's my bold prediction. If the Bulls beat the Warriors on Friday, and if Nikola Vucevic goes off on Friday... Oh, we win every game. I, we win every game. I knew, yeah. If we beat the if Warriors, we beat on, Friday, the Warriors on Friday, Dallas, they're going to go 6-0 and on this road trip. Because the Warriors 100%. are easily the best team on this road trip. The Clippers, I think that's a win for the Bulls. The Lakers, without LeBron, I think the Bulls win that easily. Anthony Davis hasn't been playing well. I think Westbrook has been awful. I mean, and he's had a few good games, but Westbrook has not been good overall. I don't. It's a lot of standing around, kind of like the Bulls, but way worse. The Lakers do a lot of standing around, and that won't work against the Bulls' defense. I think the Bulls' defense is going to get a lot of turnovers, especially against Westbrook. Westbrook's been really, really susceptible to turnovers, and the Bulls are going to make him turn the ball over almost like 10 times a game. That's my kind of bold prediction for that game. I think Westbrook turns the ball over 10 times. Sorry, Westbrook. I like you. I love Russell. I, I, I love really Russell, love but I him. think he turns the ball over ten times that game. The way I, the Bulls. And it's not. I don't even think it's Westbrook. I think. I mean, the, besides turnovers, I think we're just gonna run them out the gym. Yeah, they and don't it, have it, guys that are gonna run with Lonzo I mean, and Levine. Watch out for Melo though. Melo always likes to. He's playing well, and he always seems it's to kill the Bulls. Last night. So I'd say watch out for Melo. Melo's been like their best player. <laughs> overall he's yeah. been their best player um and anthony davis always seems to play well against the bulls too so i'm not counting the lakers out by any means i think the clippers as much as i like paul george i think that's an easy win the lakers won't be as easy but i think that's a win however I, where i disagree with you on is blazers nuggets i think we beat the blazers um damon Lillard finally turned it around the other night um and they actually routed i forget who who did they play um, they played the Lakers, didn't they? They routed the Lakers. Um, they just destroyed them because Damian finally had a good game. But I think the Bulls actually beat the Blazers. Um, I feel like we've had success against them lately, but I could be wrong on that one. And then the Nuggets, if we do lose, it's going to be to the Nuggets. Because the Nuggets, I think Jokic is just out of this world. I think the Bulls, whenever the Jokic plays the Bulls he absolutely destroys us and while you may say oh where are there other scorers who else is going to score well Jokic is going to get them going and I think it's going to be tough for the Bulls to stop him who's stopping I mean who's going to stop Jokic and it's not going to be Vucevic so but like I said if they beat the Warriors I'm going bold I think they win all six games uh, but if they lose I'm to the Warriors I think they go four and two I think they lose to the Warriors and lose to the Nuggets and I think they go four and two and I will definitely take a four and two road trip it is our four and two stretch. These guys, yes. I mean, these are tough teams. Granted, they're not healthy. If the Lakers had LeBron, it might be a different story. If the Clippers had Kawhi, it definitely might be a different story. And if the Warriors had Clay, <laughs> it's over. I mean, <laughs> the Warriors would be ten and zero and would blow everybody out the way they're playing. But the thing is, uh, the Bulls are a little lucky on this stretch. Granted, you still got to give them a lot of credit if they win these games because these are still tough teams. Um, these are still teams with dangerous players, despite not having some players. So I think this is going to be a very good test for the Bulls. And after that, the schedule finally, you know, dies down a little. I don't know, man. I if, like this test if, early, though. I really like that we're I like it. challenged and, and it's really nice, early on. It's nice to get it early because later on the schedule gets easier and down the stretch, the Bulls will have an easier schedule. Hopefully they don't. And, with an easier schedule, we'll be rolling and rolling from because we already we've seen the tests and it's a crime that we don't we have a Christmas game together. though. I really don't. I mean, yeah. we're, the, we're the Bulls. We're we're created. I'm surprised. I'm yeah. I'm sure eventually they're gonna flex us some more national TV games. I think the only TNT game we have is against the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies should have more TNT games too and more national games. I mean, who wouldn't want to watch John Moran? You better watch out. He. He's a sneak. He's a sneaker for the MVP. Oh yeah, he is. I'm, I mean, I'm telling you. But yeah, if after I had to that, pick my MVP rankings now, obviously Curry, but Jaws a top top four candidate in my opinion. It would be funny though, because it would be so bulls for them to go like six and zero on this stretch, 
and then lose to the Knicks. And lose to the Knicks. Yeah. It would be <laughs> yeah. so bulls for the Knicks I didn't want to, to say come it, into the United Center it, you know and just gonna happen, right? blow a Bulls seven-game win streak. I'm not – I don't have huge hopes that we're going to win seven in a row, but if they beat that Warriors team, man, it's going to be – that's going to be huge momentum, especially um, – I'm not sure. Who do the Warriors play next? Because I'm sure they're – watch them be 10-1. They're gonna whoever they play, they're winning. I don't want to. Let's see what they play next. Uh, they play the Timberwolves tomorrow. So yeah, they're not gonna lose to the Timberwolves. (laughs) Goodbye. Uh, Timberwolves have been playing. They got off to a good start, but they've they've been bad. They fiddled back to back to Minnesota. They're back last night. It was not a good look. They lost to the Grizzlies after blowing an eighteen point lead with like six minutes left. On some Celtics. I mean, you got. I give Minnesota credit though. They had a lot going on this off season. Well, uh, now there's drama with and, Cat. <laughs> he liked yeah, that tweet saying uh, "free cat." They're top. Yeah, they're top seven defensive team right now. So yeah, I, I that was shot super shocking to me. But the thing uh, is, though, is just like credit. how many coaches can you go through if you're Minnesota? <laughs> like at some point, when do you stop blaming the coaches and start blaming the personnel and the players? Um, I want to, I don't think there's an NBA fan that wants to see Minnesota lose. Cat's such a likable guy. He's so nice. You feel, you feel terrible for him, for everything that happened with him through COVID, losing his mom and everything. I mean, it's awful. Everybody wants to see that man succeed. And I would love to see him see, succeed in Minnesota, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, ownership's up there. Apparently A-Rod's going to be an owner in a couple of years. It's just such, I don't know, it's a dumpster fire over in Minnesota. They have some pieces. As Anthony Edwards is one of the most entertaining players on and off the court. But it's just like, what is, what's going on in Minnesota? I, I feel like they always get off to a good start, and then they just fall off a cliff. I think it was last year or the year before. Um, the Minnesota Timberwolves tweeted. It was like mocking, like, oh, the Timberwolves are are bad this year blah blah because they got off to like a four five and oh start and they had an absurdly bad record after that like it was oh, they I do it to themselves it was. they do it to themselves they do it to but themselves let's I, not hate on minnesota before yeah who knows end up like you never that. know watch them beat golden state <laughs> you never know any team can win on any given night in the nba but it's just the way golden state's rolling i don't see it so if the bulls go in and they beat a 10 and 1 golden state warriors team on friday night it's gonna to be tough would be, to see them lose. That would be that would that would surpass Utah as the signature. Oh, win for of sure, the especially going into Golden State because we had that win against Utah and we had that win against the Nets, but they were at home. Both at home, yeah. Um, we've seen the Bulls go into hostile territory. I mean, we saw them go into Boston and they came back, and the Raptors almost came back against them. It's not it's not Oracle, um. I think that was yeah. It's not Oracle, but the the Warriors the still are gonna pack. They still pack that Chase Center. Okay, they still go nuts. They love their Warriors, even if it's now in San Francisco. Um, it's still not. A, it's still very hostile territory. So if the Bulls go in there and they win that game, it'll be tough to see them losing the next four after that. Because I think that's their toughest opponent on the trip. But like again, you can't sleep on any of these opponents. Just because you get that one win and you have that momentum doesn't mean you're going to win the games after that. So it'll definitely be a really interesting trip to see, and I'm so excited to see how it pans out. I want to record again before that, so we'll see. Probably like in the middle, if we could record like after, if they win that Warriors game, I feel like we definitely have to like make another um, episode, you know, talking sure. about that game and seeing where they go from after that game, especially. Um, we'll see what happens when Kobe White comes back because that's going to be really interesting as well. If he can come back for the Warriors game, it might give the Bulls a better chance. Granted, Kobe's probably going to be rusty, but this is going to be a very interesting stretch for the Bulls. I think they got to win on Wednesday. If they don't, it's going to make things a little bit worse. But my prediction is 4-2 and two, the next six games. I'd be happy with that. That would put them at an 11-5 and five record, which is not bad at all. They would probably still be sitting near the top of the East. And then they their schedule eases off after that. They got the Knicks. They got the Pacers who are playing awful. They have, uh, let's see, they have the Rockets, Magic, and then they have the Heat. The Heat's going to be a test for them I too. I can't wait for Miami. And then they got the Hornets, and they have the Knicks again. And we can go on and on. And they got the, that's, that's going all the way into December though. But it definitely eases up after that, this 
this tough stretch is almost over. It feels like the tough stretch just started, but they only got like six more really tough games, um, especially against these West Coast teams. Like I said, I think the Knicks, they're a tough team, but they're evenly matched with the Bulls, I feel like. so, And they haven't been playing that that well either. They barely scrapped by the 76ers last night without Joel Embiid. So they haven't been playing that well themselves. So it is going to be a very interesting stretch to see what happens with the Bulls. And I'm excited. And I'm going to make a prediction real quick. I think the biggest uh, X factor for the Bulls is Lonzo Ball. I think he's uh, yeah. he's he's a little hesitant to shoot. He's my favorite player on the team just because of the way he plays and all the little things he does. Uh but I don't want him to get seven points a game or anything. Yeah, he's got to be north of twelve. Yeah, that's I mean that's that's the biggest part. He's going to see Damian Lillard. He'll probably start on Luca, I imagine. Curry. Uh, he'll start. <laughs> he'll start on Steph Curry. Uh, Paul George. I don't know. Who, I mean, even though it's Russell Westbrook has been playing to his capabilities, he's going to have to start on Russ. I think he's going to clamp uh, up Russ. I think he's gonna demolish. <laughs> I know it he seems could, like that would be I'm, his. It may seem that, like I mean, I'm just be, like roasting Russell Westbrook, team. but I think Lonzo is like one of the worst guys for Russ to go up against because he picks your pocket. I think Russ is gonna struggle against him, but who knows? Now that I said that, we're probably gonna get Russell Westbrook, and he's gonna go off for like forty double. points and twenty rebounds and fifteen assists, and they're gonna demolish the Bulls. Now that I said that, sorry, I'm sorry I disrespected you, Russell. Um, sorry about that, buddy. But you never know. It's tough to predict. Even though the NBA can be predictable sometimes, this is it's a tough schedule and it's tough to predict. But like I, I do agree with you. I think Lonzo is the X factor defensively as well, of course, but also offensively. Because if he can put some pressure on those guards that he's facing, because let's be honest, most of these guys he's going to be guarding, like Luka, and, There's none of them that are good defenders. Luca and Curry and Westbrook and they're Lillard. all gonna except for Paul George. Paul George isn't gonna be guarding Lonzo Ball. So the other guys, if Lonzo can put pressure on them on the offensive side of the ball and tire them out a bit, it'll be a big X factor, like you said, because then they won't be as much, you know, needed on the on the offensive. They won't be able to do as much in the offensive end if they're tired from playing defense against Lonzo. I don't expect Alonzo to score a lot of points, if we're being honest, but I would like to see him be a little bit more aggressive. So Yeah, that's we'll all I want to see. I just want to see some more. I love when he gets the rebound and pushes the ball. He may not always get the assist. Or we may not always get a shot, but you, he just when he pushes the ball, it puts so much pressure on the defense to get back, which guys just don't, don't like to do all the time. So when you got a guy sprinting up the court as fast as he does, uh, whether he gets a bucket or gets an assist, you want to see him be a consistent threat offensively. Because defensively, you know he's one of the hardest workers, and I think he's an all-defensive second-team player this year, no matter for sure. Yeah, I think so too. I, I'd have to agree with that statement. Um, overall, I think Lonzo's going to be tested a lot during this next stretch. Like you said, X-Factor is Lonzo. Another X-Factor is Kobe. And the biggest, if not, almost as big as Lonzo, is Vucevic. Yeah. If Vucevic shows up oh, in this coast, in this West Coast trip, it'll be huge. Because let's be honest, the Bulls' defense has been great. However, it's not going to be as good when you're facing the Warriors and you're facing Luka Doncic and you're facing Paul George and you're facing Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis and you're facing Damian Lillard and you're facing Jokic. It's going to be a test for the Bulls defensively, but on the offensive side, you're going to need Nikola Vucevic. And like I said, that's why I think if the Bulls are going to win Friday, I'd be shocked if they win without Nikola putting up like 20 points. If if Vucevic doesn't score at least 20, I don't know if the Bulls can win on Friday. And Vucevic should be aggressive on Friday. Like we said, their starting center is 6'9". There's no reason that Nikola Vucevic should... That's why I think Wednesday's game is going to be key for him to gain some of that confidence back. If he can have a good game Wednesday, I feel good about him going into the next stretch. So we'll see what happens. Um, is there anything else you want to add before we end this off here right at an hour mark? Especially, it's gone a little longer than I expected, but that's all right. We had a lot to talk about again. I know you want to talk about possible trades the Bulls could have made, but I think we're going a little too long. So I think we'll save sure, that yeah. for the next one. 
anything else you wanted to add before we sign off? Uh, no, I think this was a pretty good one. Um, yeah, just excited for the next stretch of games for sure. The next yeah, seven should, games will be big. And be, the next eight will be really big. Should be really exciting to see how the Bulls answer another another test. As always, if you guys did enjoy the podcast, leave us a rating, of course. Share it with your friends. Let them know. Let any Bulls basketball fan know that, well, we're out here making podcasts and we're having a fun time doing it so far. So, as always, we hope you all have an amazing day. Um, this is Jacob and Jacob signing off from the Shy Slamajama podcast. We'll see you all next time. See you.